Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business, by identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Adrim Al-Amari, co-founder of Wasla, a delivery aggregator platform and founder and CEO of Baqa, a multi-vendor e-commerce platform. Adrim has a goal and passion to promote the ecosystem of entrepreneurship in the UAE. During her journey in startups, she and her team won the winning pitch deck of Dubai Startup Hub and raised 50,000 dirhams marketing grant from Shiraz Incubator launch program. You can find Aldream on Instagram at aldream.j, which is A-L-R-E-E-M.J, Baqa, which is B-A-A-Q-A-H, and Wasla.ae, which is W-A-S-L-A.ae. I would like to thank Aldream for being part of this podcast, and without further ado, let's dive in. Aldream. Ahlan, Badr. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So are you ready to start? Of course. You mentioned before this podcast that you have raised a couple of rounds, more than the 50K. So I would like to ask, first of all, why did you start with a platform instead of product-based? And how did that help you in raising rounds, for example? So I always growing up and I started Baqa at such a young age. So growing up, I always aimed to, and I always said I want to have my own flower shop one day. So the main idea was a product-based shop and that's all I knew. And then it was always, I'd always say that I want to start Baqa when I'm 40, when I'm older. I don't know when, Mm. sometime later. It was always a gray area. And then I'm like, why can't I start now? in the same industry, but approaching it in a very different way, which is a platform. So just in case, uh, or let me uh, reiterate, uh, Baqa is a platform that groups flower shops under one uh, website, one app. And number one, I'd always say, is that it needs a lot of, or much more capital, starting a product-based shop or a brick and mortar. You need to think of warehousing, you need to of labor, uh, you need to think of, uh, you know, renting a shop and all of that. And that's something that I did not have capital for, nor did I have experience to take on such huge risk. And and I wasn't ready for that, basically. So I was like, why not approach it the from a platform uh, or with a platform? Mm. And I did. And honestly, now there's nothing I regret. It's so much easier for me. I wouldn't say a lot of people agree. And you kind of didn't. Best, <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'd say it's easier. Uh, it doesn't need as much cash. It does need a lot of experience, definitely. And it wouldn't need such responsibility that if you feel you're going to lose too much, because everything's 
tech based you know mm. um so everything's a subscription it uh, يعني it's, it's easier but once you're stuck with rent shop man for a year يعني خلاص ف you have to deliver you have you have to deliver you know so in in my opinion it's it's easier and then obviously the biggest company in the world amazon is tech based and that and their platform why can't i do that mm. as well Um, so there was some inspiration from that, yeah, I mean, definitely. Hmm, interesting. Um, now, speaking of Amazon, I think Amazon took 10 years to become profitable. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So that is also a lengthy challenge. Yes. And with regards to the having an e-commerce or let's say a platform that is only solely based online that you don't have to have an actual physical broken Mortar shop. That's the beauty of it, correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, would you consider? You also mentioned that earlier, the dropshipping concept. Yeah. And if you could enable the dropshipping, not only enable the dropshipping, but also even automating the warehouses. Yeah. For the dispatch yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. either abroad or even within the country. Yeah. Would that make the product-based businesses easier? It is, but then the. Technically saying your business is not really product-based. Your business is marketing. Mm. Dropshipping is all about marketing. True. But Branding as well. Exactly. And how you make it look. So then that's a completely different perspective. Some would argue that it is product shipping, but honestly, in my opinion, uh, dropshipping is a beautiful concept. It's very interesting and intriguing for me. I actually uh, plan to uh, get into it soon uh, soon يعني, before the end of the year but to answer your question dropshipping is not product so dropshipping was basically encourages that you see trends of fast selling products yeah. and not products that you enjoy mm-hmm. so for people that want to take that step sure be my guest but honestly for me i would not want to ever be invested in something i don't enjoy mm-hmm. and something i don't have experience in So one of the things, uh, one of the fast-moving uh, products I'd say is, for example, a um, a pen. I don't really have any experience in that industry, so it's not something I would want to sell. And honestly, for me, it's a bit boring. Mm. So it's it's all about how you see it. Honestly, it's like Jordan Belfort's "Sell me this pen." Exactly. I don't have a pen. Anyways, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's you know it's it's a. Dropshipping is a completely different world, and I think a lot of people are getting into it now because it's so easy to adapt to and so easy to do. Obviously, it has its own challenges, but yeah, trend driven probably. It is. It is. But trends are always here, yani. So, like, and and with dropshipping, your risk is very minimal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, like, why not? All right. If you step back before all of this, since you mentioned that you prefer. and etc um why would you go into entrepreneurship or let's say what helped you start now rather than later you said you started something at a very young stage mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. was there something or some information that you have consumed that helped you yeah yeah to kickstart that basically how it started is I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. There is no direct family members of mine that are in entrepreneurship. Mm. I was an engineer, you know, so like one plus one equals two to them strictly. Mm. And then there wasn't so much motivation for me to uh, get into that. But it's just something that I always saw myself in. I remember when I was in sixth grade, 
was 10 years old, I remember asking my mom if I could sell pens to my friends at school. Back to the pen example. Absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and I didn't realize until recently that, oh, I've had this ever since I was young. And then growing up, I tried uh, selling makeup. I tried um, uh, selling stationery, again, to only friends at school. And then in one of my classes in school, was a social studies class and you had to pretend it was like a competition kind of thing. So you had to pretend that you're the president of a country and then uh, you have resources and then you had to argue with different countries, you know, different classmates mm-hmm. and sell. And I enjoyed that activity so much. There was so much uh, arguing, there's so much uh, selling and buying and it just brings me so much joy So it was something that I was very keen on starting, but I had no capital, no experience, and no backbone in terms of someone that's going to help me. I didn't even know what the license meant. And then in my last semester at university, uh, Sharjah Entrepreneurship Center, Shara, opened. And I was like, I have to get in. I did everything. And I had no idea. That was before I even thought of uh, Baqa. I uh, then, um, I remember I... I fought to be a volunteer in one of their uh, events. And I was just like, I wish I was the one on stage. I don't, I don't have anything to offer, see? Because I knew I wanted to. Uh, alhamdulillah, I came up with the idea of Baqa and my love for flowers contributed to that. And that's where I started. So having Shara' for me on campus was basically what opened doors for me and what got me into this career path way before I expected. I mm-hmm. had zero cash. I had zero experience, zero real life experience. So, so yani, that opportunity uh, helped me reach who I am today. I'm always so grateful for the team there. Um, and that's, that's basically where it went, Yani. All right. And from that experience, if there would be a segue that you would say to me or to the audience, what would be something that you would really recommend others to do? These could be like, I mean, yeah. in terms of books or even channels or even just seminars or anything that would tell them, okay, this is the thing that you would really benefit from. So it's not necessarily a book. Just Absolutely. to follow on uh, what I was saying, one thing I recommend everyone to do and really invest on is going to different opportunities and involving yourself in different fields that you have no idea about. So number one, مثلا, uh, you could uh, work for a small shop over the summer break. And th- this, is, this is an advice especially directed to youngsters. It's uh, knowing what your passion is and strongly feeling uh, right about that is very important before you get into any field. Hmm. Uh, in terms of books, uh, podcasts, or any of that, I really, really enjoyed reading uh, The Secret Okay. It's a book I always go back to. I have to reread it at least once or twice a year. And podcast, I have to say yours. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Free, no <laughs> Free marketing. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the podcast is all about the guests, not about Sagav, anyways. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I don't necessarily have a favorite podcast. I just open uh, and listen to uh, anything that I feel like on the day. That's basically my approach to it. All right. Who would be considered successful to you and why? Interesting question. I think for me, and honestly, after what I've been through as a founder the past few years, I realized success isn't 
my ultimate goal was to be a founder and finally achieve my goal of having a business. And then I had two. And then it just wasn't, it wasn't enough satisfaction. Mm. And then I realized I, I come up with different goals. So it's not necessarily one equation. But right now, my equation is someone that is able to balance the work life and their personal life. What I did the past few years is extremely wrong, which is investing all of my energy in business. Now at 25 years old, I feel like, you know, I missed out on my youth a lot. I want to go young, out. <laughs> <laughs> yani, you, yeah, but I still want to be able to go out without attending a meeting on the way. So honestly, anyone that is able to be happy whilst balancing life and work to me is, is honestly successful. Someone that is happy. Uh, happiness is uh, is something that is extremely difficult, especially in, in such time. So that's honestly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Ali Al-Mazru'i, mashallah, who is a guest also on the podcast, is someone I really look up to and have been looking up to ever since I was much younger. I met her in 2017 for a startup competition. And it's just like, it's just like, I want to grow up to be something like her. Uh, yes. Mashallah, I, a happy mom of uh, two beautiful children. Uh, she has multiple businesses and fields that she enjoys. And she is able to to give back and uh, and do all of that uh, whilst being happy. I, I want to be happy too. Mm-hmm. So honestly, that's my goal right now. It is interesting how a lot of people lose the path mm-hmm while trying to achieve, let's say, the success that they're going for. They may be achieving the, the successful thing or in their business, they'll be achieving the business or let's say the profits, the business, but they would be doing it other important factors yeah. in their life. So maybe then it's better to say that if you want to achieve, let's say, profitable business, it has to be in alignment with, I have to spend, for example, an X amount of time in yeah. other areas. Otherwise, exactly. this is not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I read somewhere that life is, is three main circles. Yeah, it's your personal, your career, and whatever extra activities that you have. And one of them, يعني, I'd say is business. Yeah. So if you're a working mother, if you're a working... Even a, anyone that's not a parent, you'll need to balance all of these circles to be able to to be able to really move on. Mm. And I think we have a very str- we have a very wrong idea about entrepreneurship. I read somewhere bad uh, saying that, I'm sure you've heard of Shopify, yeah? yeah? So the Shopify CEO only works nine to five. Mm. So it's like, if he can and he runs a really big company, why yeah. can't I? So yeah, really, really investing in that is very important. Don't fall for everyone that says uh, entrepreneurship will take all of you, because that's something that you decide and we don't realize that. So, yeah. All right. And along the way, the journey, is there something or an advice you remind yourself with? Definitely keep going. I've had a lot of dips in the past year. I'd say it was just a lot of like, you know, I'm so tired. I'm so, I need a break. Hmm. And I needed to remind myself, number one, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I need to remind myself why I love my businesses. And it's absolutely normal. It's not something that I ever thought I'd have to do, you know? But I need to know 
why I'm doing it and I need to repeat it to myself regularly. And then everything will be okay as much as we hear that and as much as that sounds like as the most cliche quote you've ever heard in your life, but like everything really will be okay, you know? It's cliche because it's true. Something Sometimes it's really simple. It doesn't have to be really complicated. Exactly. And then it's just like time will pass anyway, so I'll have to go through it and and it's fine. Now I feel like I have like very strong immunity to whatever goes wrong. Mm. It's fine. Like, oh yeah, it's a learning experience. We, mm. We'll get there. Mm. So now I'm a bit more open to failure. It's not an issue to me. It doesn't phase me as much anymore because I detached or I'm working on detaching emotionally. And then I'm also uh, trying to understand how failure is going to benefit me. So, yeah, I enjoy that. Like, I feel like I'm a, a lot more relaxed now as a founder and as a, it's just a 25-year-old. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's quite important that if something is not really that grave and it didn't work out, so what? Hey, and Life's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I read this in a book that was published probably 32 years back. And he was then the entrepreneur at the time. And it is interesting how something that was written so many years back and still in a way it is important and valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier that um, you always wanted to become an entrepreneur and you brought up a story that you were a sixth grader and you wanted to sell a pen. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Mark... The subtle art of um, not giving a damn. Mm-hmm. I'm change <laughs> yeah. the name a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I read that book. Very yeah, interesting. I think he was mentioning that if you want to know, I don't remember his name now, but maybe later on people will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And also Tim Ferriss in his book, The Four Hour Work Week, that if you're trying to find, let's say, what you're good at or what is your purpose, try to figure out what you really enjoyed or you wanted to do while you were a kid. Exactly. So, was this one of the illuminating ideas that I think you so? Had? I loved arguing. <laughs> um, I loved exchanging and I loved selling. Just the idea was so interesting. Hmm. I love uh, marketing and the psychology of people and hmm. how that is is a very big part of the equation. So that was the another reason. world for me. It was very interesting. So, Yoni. I mean, this is why I knew I wanted to grow into that. So that is one of the reasons that would, let's say, help you in defining a purpose, per se? Yes, definitely. So again, I grew up in a family of engineers. Okay. And then just the idea of business wasn't necessarily around, so I wasn't very familiar to it. So growing up to me was someone that got a 3.8 GPA from a really good university. Out of three. Let's say out of four. (laughs) But like, yeah, you know, like, mashallah, my siblings are all like really good students, and I was nowhere near that. (laughs) So to me, I was trying, you know, I had an internship at one of the biggest um, oil uh, oil and gas companies, Mm. and like, I wanted to like try to. to get into it, but then it's just like, it's so not me. So it's very important that to be able to define your pos- uh, purpose, you really need to involve yourself and 
in different experiences, different, uh, different industries, learning from people, and then you know yeah. it. And a lot of people in this younger generation, unfortunately, don't invest in that. They want to work in the most or best industries to be able to secure work, you know, and not what they really believe in. So it's it's just you know something I uh, I'm truly passionate about mm. is. You know, expose yourself to be able to understand better. Now I understand why you have a lot of volunteering <laughs> under your belt, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still, I, by the way, I still go volunteer. Just now, I want to try something new. Yeah. My last volunteering experience was an expo. Interesting. Something I haven't, yani, yani, it was… A rather unique experience. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to meet different people and… So yeah, I still try to expose myself to do things that I don't necessarily think I will enjoy. Mm. I always make sure I choose the harder path because mm. that's that's where you're going to learn. Mm. Yeah. Will there be any, let's say, past experiences that are shaping your perception? Mm, I think it's when I uh, interned at a small startup company. Okay. As soon as I graduated, I actually worked for them. It wasn't an internship. Interesting. Mm. So I worked for two months. The okay. company was, wasn't was doing its best, but it was a tech company. It was very small, so like six to ten employees. Mm. And I came in with the idea that I, you know, I want to learn best from this experience to be able to apply it to Baqa or learn and I was really bad, mm. by the way. Like I was sales mm. and and I was the worst employee probably. I wasn't meeting numbers, anything. Mm. But I think that experience has a lot of impact on me today. I learned the basics. I loved it. Now saying that I loved it, but at that time it wasn't the best was thing ever. <laughs> no, it wasn't. This is a question that is really could be a gray area or say left or right. Would you say life is hard or life is easy? Life's good. Okay. Whether hard or easy, life's good. It's fine. Mm. It's, I don't like saying anything negative and I'm very strict about that. Mm. So life is hard to me is, is a bit negative-ish because I read the book, The Secret again. Okay. And it says, it focuses a lot on the idea that Anything that you say is what your brain is going to believe. So if I say life is hard, everything for the rest of the day is going to be difficult for me. It's like, you know, when you bump your toe on the door in the beginning of the day and everything just goes down like spiral effect, domino effect. And then it's if we stick to it, if we believe that life's hard, then it is going to be. That's, That's basically... Something I repeat to myself and have to remind myself every day. Try to stay positive. Look at the good out of everything. Hmm. I mean, um, there's the saying that success begets success and happiness begets happiness. Yes. And then you can... I really believe in that. The, um, have you read the book? Which secret? Hey, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It I changed. haven't read it. I've, I've watched it through Netflix. Oh, I yeah. think it is the it's same. Not, no, it's not. It's not the same? It's not the same. I promise you. I think it, it today it has its, its big impact on me. Yani because of the book, I am very careful of what I try to say or, mm. or what 
I say to myself, because that's what I'm going to end up believing. Hmm. Yeah, the power of words. Oh yeah. yeah. When you start a new endeavor, is there any any thoughts that you have while starting that endeavor? My first thought is before I start anything, I need to know it's in and out. Okay. So let me give you a real life example on what I did. Sure. So Wasla was was basically a, uh, as you said, it's a, it's an aggregator for delivery companies. And mm-hmm. and I had that or I needed that because with Baqa, I needed to send uh, flowers across the country from and to different Emirates. Because mm-hmm. not all of the flower shops on Baqa are from one Emirate. Yeah. So I, I had to build a database on Excel showing me that for every scenario, so from every pickup emirate to every drop of emirate, what delivery company am I going to use? Mm. And then I turned that into another company, which is Wasla. And then different people started using that. And that's when I was like, you know what? That's a pain for everyone. And I made sure I know the logistics in and out. I know the pain that flower shop owners or any cake shops, for example, I needed to know their pain before getting into Wasla. And uh, Alhamdulillah, today we have, يعني, last month we closed at uh, more than 6,000 orders. Nice. Um, yeah, it's very important that you expose yourself definitely to the industry. But I mean, you need to know every little bit before starting. You need to be very familiar as much as you can. Yeah. Okay, this is, let's say, something related to a mental practice, or let's say a mind habitual practice that you would do. Hmm. Would, since you read the book Secret, hmm. I'm assuming that you would have something implemented to it. Yeah. Would you use any visualization or even prayer to, let's say, manifest goals? Yeah. So one of the, the things I used to do for a very long time was all my passwords are CEO. Well, as, as little as it is, but uh, I feel like uh, it has a lot of power. Ever since I was young, by the way, not not when I read, the, not after I read the book. So I, I really believe in the power of manifestation. So that's one way. And then uh, one other strategy that I recently adopted that was recommended by a good friend of mine, Amar uh, Al-Lewis, author of Salvaged. He really preaches journaling Hmm. and I just I love writing like I love writing my thoughts down I underestimated it so much until I tried it Hmm. Uh, so in the morning I'd write I'd I'd try I wouldn't say I'm the best at it uh, but I'd write uh, three things that one I want to achieve today and three things I'm I want to achieve in my life three things of anything positive I don't uh, Mm -hmm. I don't restrict myself to one thing so, so that's that's been doing me well, to be honest, because I feel like it's a reminder for me every day that uh, you know I'm doing this for that. I want to. This is the next three three things that I want to achieve, and then I realize uh, during the day that I'm doing that specifically for that purpose. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's a daily reminder. And would you let's say after writing it down? Would you look at it midday or even? Not really, no. no. So just like starting with the yeah, day and no. then? It's uh, it's starting with threes. 
there is a different strategy that uh, he recommended, but uh, I feel like that's what worked best for me. Now, if you're going to say, you probably also answered that, is there any specific routine or method that you would cultivate productivity? One advice that one uh, that a therapist has uh, told me before is that your brain is like a safari tab and then everything that you did has its own tab okay. in it. And usually what we what we do is we carry on every day with the same tabs but what we should be doing is closing those tabs hmm. be or at, at every night before we sleep and then reopening them uh, with new new goals or new uh, ways to finish whatever tasks that you have and start off again in the morning just so that we're not carrying that work in our brains while we sleep. Mm. And just to be able to process that, I needed to write it out. So like I had to draw a physical mind map of how many tabs do I have open today and what will I close and how will I reopen them the next day. So that really helped me be productive mm. because I'm able to sleep better. It's very important. I mean, sleep deprivation is... It's very common between uh, startup founders or uh, honestly anyone specifically around my age. But it's the worst thing we can do to our bodies, to our minds. Yani. Since you do journaling and let's say sleep is one big important rest factor and meditation, since you mentioned, I'm assuming you're going to have meditation maybe early in the morning or during the midday. Would you have something within the environment that will keep you going? I have a board on every social platform. So like with Instagram, you know, you save two folders. Yes. So I have a board on Instagram uh, that is eventually where I want to be. Okay. Saved posts from different people. Okay. Uh, and then every time like I like just get like 1% dip, I open it. Pinterest is really good, by the way. I like it. Whatever, TikTok, uh, you can bookmark tweets. Do, honestly, do whatever you want to do. Just have somewhere to look at every time you are burnt out or tired. So that's my go-to method. Hmm. Yeah. What's yours? What's mine? Yeah. Um, I, for the cues, I would lock specific hours hmm. and I would use vision boards. And I would start the day with specific things that I would like to do. Um, like to say, if I wrote something down, similar to journaling, mm-hmm. I would read them out yeah. early in the morning. So time blocking. Yes. Yeah. And I would I would try mix and well, match I tried uh, time blocking. It wasn't easy. It's extremely difficult. I think because I don't have discipline. Maybe you do. I figured the time locking is I have to do specific things at specific timings. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be, let's say, not as productive. Yeah. I mean, on the other timings, let's say. Yeah, yeah. it works for you. SubhanAllah, it doesn't work for, it, it only mean, depends on you, yeah. It depends on the exact person. I mean, yeah. like, I could lock a specific thing or specific tasks that require specific focus periods. Mm-hmm. And at that same timing, someone else could do another thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it really depends on your own lifestyle and how you would create that habit. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, starting anything, whether you want to become a startup founder, uh, a good employee, it's all about self-discipline, you know? 
and a lot of people lack that. One thing that my own, let's say, experiences that really helped me, either if I wanted to stick to a specific habit or even create a new habit, was having two habits interdependent with each other. Something that I usually do, easily do, Ooh, and right. then introduce a new habit to it. Mm. Mm. Then with time, by default... You're going to do both. I'm going to do both. For yeah. example, a podcast, if I want to, let's say, read or listen to a podcast, I would do it early in the morning while I'm driving. Oh, yeah. Then yeah, yeah. while... Exactly, Or exactly. I used to listen to music or even daydream or even half sleep while driving. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but now there's something that I can do along the way. Yeah. Having a coffee, for example. And it helps. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think um, James Clear from the author of Atomic Habit and even Chris Bailey, they mentioned these when you create um, habit stacking which is connecting two yeah, yeah. things together. James Cleese mentions more of it on that. And then um, Chris Bailey mentions the the intentional thing, which is you have to put a specific, mm. let's say, timing to it mm. or so. I really want to uh, يعني, discipline myself much better. It's extremely difficult. Well, like, يعني, one thing is that how many of us, if we set an alarm at 8, do we snooze and wake up at 8.10? or 8.20 or 8.30 or do you wake up at 8? Like, what do you do? I know, I snooze a million times. I would have someone else wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, what really helped me, if there's something really important that I have to do, I would wake up. Yeah. But there's no reason I would snooze. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So it depends what you're waking up to. For example, if, you're, if you want to travel, would you, so would so you find snooze? a good reason. So basically, find a good yes. reason for you to find wake a up. bigger reason to what you would want to wake yeah. up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So l- maybe, يعني, let's say someone that hates their job, they hate it. Should should we go on the bigger reason? Is I need to find a bigger reason on why or what? Who are you benefiting by doing your job? Yeah. Interesting. That's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. That's a positive way too. Yeah. I like that. At the end, I think every business that you're doing, there is a bigger purpose that would keep you going. Oh, yeah. But when you, when you wake up and you realize, oh, my God, the amount of things I have to do today. It's, it's running away from... And that... This, for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you should, I would say, if there are a lot of things, try to do one thing. Yeah. That is really Break important. them down, honestly. Yeah. worked for me. Uh, write them down. And then... I always keep my important meetings in the morning that basically and try to do that. I think Jeff Bezos said once that any important, let's say life or death situation or any important decision making that they ha- he has to do, he would do it before 10 a.m. Nice. So yeah, that's one way. And probably those people who does that, they do it because... That's when they're most fresh, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. their mind is actually accepting yeah. things yeah, yeah. to decide on. Would there be any habit that improved your life greatly? Going to therapy. Going to therapy. Yeah. Okay. I highly recommend. Hmm. A lot of people see that as a weakness, best for me. If I don't, um, I feel like I have too much in my mind. Hmm. I need to break it down. And therapy is one of my favorite go-to methods. I love it so much. I respect it so much. And I've been able to do much more and achieve much more because of therapy. Because, not because the therapist would 
teach me something I don't necessarily know. It could be something that I know, but it doesn't make sense unless a, I say it out loud or my therapist says it out loud. Uh, and then it goes like, oh, you know, it's like an aha moment. So that really helped me in trying to, you know, take things step by step, trying to understand why I do what I do, trying to understand my weaknesses and not necessarily solve them, but trying to understand why I do certain things. And then eventually help me become a better person for me hmm. and, and for for my life, basically. So that really helps. It was, yani, I don't know what I'd do without therapy. All right. Yeah. When you have challenges or failures, when they hit, is there any questions you would ask yourself? What did I learn? Okay. What am I going to do better next time? And what went wrong? Again, breaking down everything. Mm. And what's something that I'll take that I won't repeat next time? Mm. And then I'll repeat it again and again and again until I come up with like a, a huge experience. Yani. For uh, Baqa, when I first started the app, I built the app or the website, let's say, seven times before it went the way I wanted. Seven times. Seven times. My eighth time was. Was it because you were trying to perfect it or? So many things. It was number one, yes, trying to perfect it. So, and then after the seven times, I realized that's not the goal anymore. Mm. Uh, it shouldn't be. Eh. Okay. <laughs> it took me a long, <laughs> a long while. Okay. So number one, do not try to perfect it. Number two, you really need to understand building a website and then uh, and how it is until my eighth time. I was like, oh, that's easy. Now, now oh. setting up Wasla was setting up. I'm not talking about the operations. Setting up Wasla was one of the easiest things because I carried on that experience. So if anything, it benefited me so much. Today, I have a lot of like a, a good network of, of people that are trying to start websites. And yeah, I, I wish someone could tell me the tips or could share, you know, the, the easy advice. way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one story of one of my biggest failures. I lost hundreds of thousands and a lot of a lot of investor trust and a lot of uh, time. A lot of everything, Saraha. But I needed that experience to teach me something that I will carry on, inshallah, for the rest of my life. Mm. So I'm I'm grateful for it today. Mm. Yeah. If there would be three things you would like others to adopt, behaviors, habits, beliefs. Expose yourself to different experiences. And number two is uh, find out what you're really passionate about. Mm. And number three, I'll leave it for you. Number three. <laughs> Depends. You mentioned so many things. <laughs> um, number three is really take it uh, take it step by step. It's okay. it's easy. Don't have to be in a rush. we. I think I've discussed a lot about that during the podcast. Is, uh, we make everything sound super difficult when it really is not. So, any, you know, take it easy. So this is the final question, and. If you have fans and they would like to copy. Fans, <laughs> If you're trying to build a business and you would have a community or loyal customers and you're the face of the company, mm. let's say, and instead of them wanting to be your customers, they want to duplicate a dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Where should they start? That's an honor. <laughs> um, invest 
in, again, I've said it, invest in what you enjoy. Okay. And if you don't know what you enjoy, that's a huge problem. Find out. Volunteer. Find out. <laughs> well, well, volunteering is one way, to, yeah. one free way to do it, you know? Yeah. Do it. Uh, try to learn basically what you enjoy and, and get into that. Mm-hmm. And then, subhanAllah, everything just go, rolls. Yeah, everything just goes goes from there. All right. This is the end of the podcast, Oreem. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Bedr, so much. I truly enjoyed this. It was a pleasure listening to you. Thank you. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.